Trade deadline is right around the corner. We're going to run down all the big names, big rumors around uh, the league. Plus, Kyrie Irving says some things that makes uh, Dallas Mavericks fans, I would think, a little uncomfortable. And I think that's it in the NBA. Let me just go through my notes here real quick. Oh, yeah. LeBron James is the all-time NBA scoring leader. We're going to talk about it all right now on the Locked On NBA podcast. You are Locked On NBA. Your daily NBA podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Your team every day, and that means Wednesdays is today. That's us, your regular Wednesday co-hosts, here after LeBron James breaks a you know minor record. Uh, I don't know what all the fuss was about, but we're going to talk about it. Your regular Wednesday host, I'm John Corrales. Host of the Locked On Celtics podcast. Find me on Twitter at John underscore Corrales. And I'm Jake Madison, host of the Locked On Pelicans podcast on Twitter at Nola Jake. I don't think any, like, there's just no nothing else that's relevant. Just LeBron James, deservedly so, kind of sucking the life out of the room there. I mean, look, do we need to talk about it? They lost the game. Does it count if you lose the game? If you don't play in the fourth quarter to try and help your team win the game, there. Before all we right. get into all the accolades of LeBron, it was just like one. It was a really cool moment. It was there was also so much like unintentional hilarity right before he sets the record. They show his kids and they're yawning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's just wild. But look, okay, joking aside, uh, it's it was an incredible night, and and obviously, you know. I was even sitting here going like w- with, with butterflies. I had like, uh, some, some kind of like tinges of like, Oh my God, this is actually happening right now. Uh, it's kind of hard to comprehend. And you know, the fact that Kareem had it for so long, you know, we're talking about th- more than 38,000 points for LeBron to do it and to watch it. It's, it's kind of wild. And it, it is the, you talk about the, the hilarity of, stopping the game with 10 seconds left and having a full-on ceremony like in that moment. Uh, who called the timeout? Who was charged that timeout? <laughs> it's to be that, a delay game, right? It was, who got to delay a game on that one? Uh, the photo that's circulating of LeBron hitting that shot and literally, literally everyone holding their phone, their phone up. up. There's one There's one dude Phil in Knight. there. There's it's this – oh, is that Phil Knight? Oh, I didn't Phil know that. Knight. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. That's Phil Knight, like sitting there. He's just like, "Huh, this is nice." Uh, and it's, it's it looks like, like Bernie Sanders in the seat, just arms <laughs> crossed, like not even enjoying the moment that much. He's like, yeah, he's probably seen so much. He's like, yeah, this is fine. Whatever. Uh, where's my Where's my helicopter? I got to get out of here. <laughs> uh, it was. But, you know, it's a fun night, right? Like this was. They should have stopped the game. It needed some kind of ceremony around it. They did the right thing with all that. I, I mean, yeah. I mean, look, okay, so I'll be the old guy. I'll be the old guy who's, who'll say, uh, you know, when Kareem did it, he just ran up the floor and they, you know, give him the game ball afterwards. Uh, but no, obviously they're going to stop. The, the, this is 2023. They're going to stop the game. They're going to give him the whole thing. It's it's just a different uh, a different kind of element. I, I, I do think that mixed into all of the, the greatness and, and – it reignites the debate because now LeBron has the all-time scoring uh, record, and and for Kareem, 
a lot of people would say, like, Kareem is the best NBA player, and they would kind of point to, hey, he is the all-time scoring leader. And he does have a resume that that puts him in that discussion for sure. So that that's all part of it. But also, like, it's just hilarious that you get that moment, and then you get a dumb Drake joke video. <laughs> and then... A movie trailer for Cocaine Bear. Like, like, what, what am I? What existence is this? Where it's like, hey, LeBron, big great moment. Here's Drake. Here's Cocaine Bear. Here's a, an ad for TikTok. And I'm like, oh my god, this is this 2023 is a wild, wild ride, man. The whole thing around it, just like there's a lot of like juxtaposition there, right? You have this real serious moment, like an all-time thing that's going to take another 40 years if it ever gets broken, right? We're not expecting yeah. this anytime in the next couple of decades. No one's going to come yeah. close to this. And it's like one of those like ultimate sacred things. I don't know if it gets any bigger than the all-time scoring leader in the NBA. And then you have all this like kitschy stuff around it that's just yeah. something was a little bit off with that. I don't know. It kind of worked. I enjoyed it. But as you said, right, like I was excited for this. I was genuinely excited for this moment. You know, I think most people were. He he hit that fadeaway, right? A little bit of Kobe mm -hmm. in there. And I'm kind of like fist pumping and all excited. And like love LeBron, right? He's It's either him or Jordan, in my opinion, are your goats if you're looking at more of like a more modern era kind of game. And yeah, I don't know. It was pretty like, <laughs> it's just wild to have watched like his whole career, right? Yeah, if I yeah, was yeah. in high school, he was a year above me, I think. I graduated 04, he graduated 03. So it's like, he's around my age to have watched his whole career from start to finish, which I didn't do with Jordan. I was younger when Kobe came into the league, being from Los Angeles originally too, so I did watch his whole career, but I don't think I could appreciate some of the stuff when I was much younger to just kind of see the progression in everything he's accomplished, right? Like, this is the guy who was called the chosen one in high school mm. and completely lived up to the hype, surpassed the hype, right? Like this is the only thing he, he, he had the weight of the world on his shoulders and to do all of this and to be able to see the culmination of that, I think was just a special and incredible night. It was. And I, I think it, it's uh, incredible. First of all, I have to say that today's show is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash MBA. I love that we were able to talk about LeBron in terms of, is he going to do it in this game or is he going to choose to do it in the next game? We weren't talking <laughs> about like, when will he do it? Like, you know, the home run chase or, or anything. Or if a guy's like towards the end of his career and you're just kind of wondering at what point Will he bring you? You're kind of mapping out. Will it be this game? It could be this game for LeBron. We're talking about, well, he's got 36 points to, to go. So will he do it tonight? Will he choose to do it tonight? Or will he kind of wait till the Milwaukee thing and the, the, the Kareem, you know, Lou Alcindor connection and all of that. Like, it's kind of wild. 36 points is not easy to do. 36 points <laughs> is just not, I know everybody's doing it, choosing to say i am going to score 36 yeah i'll just do it tonight i'll just do it tonight let's just get it out of the way that to do that with lebron especially at this age is i was gonna say the age thing's like one of the more impressive things right like as you said yeah. 36 isn't easy but when when you're as old as he is you know which i guess is terrible for me since we're near the same age you know at 38 is pretty incredible yeah i'm almost 38 myself 
Yes, and yes, you very just, much are. Uh, hmm. I mean, the, uh, so he wanted to do it with a sky hook, right? Like he, he wanted did. to do right. it with a sky hook. Shout out to the OKC Thunder for defending the hell out of him and trying and trying and trying. I mean, there was nothing they were going to be able to do, but shout out to, to was it Ken? Did he hit it Kenrich over Kenrich Williams? Williams? I was about to ask you, you know who he hit it over, right? Yeah, like so, you're going to know that name forever. Kenrich right. Williams just got immortalized probably in a way that he was never expecting. But there's no doubt that LeBron probably wanted to, because he's a right-handed player, probably wanted to turn over his left shoulder so he can do the sky hook. But help came from that side. So he went and just hit the fadeaway. He's like, you know, I- I'm Get glad. I'm glad. I'm glad. I understand that he wanted to do that. There's no doubt he wanted to do that. And he, um, he, he, it would have been a nice kind of thing. And I wouldn't have said anything negative about it. But I'm also glad that they, they just forced him to take a regular shot. And just do it your way. And, and you don't have to make it all a big production. I like the organic nature of that. So that that was nice. I mean, all in all, it was a nice night. I, I, have, a, I have a question for you, unless you have one final point. No, no, no. I'm still laughing about the skyhook thing, but go ahead. <laughs> Why is it that every year we talk about the season scoring leader as the guy who averages the most points per game, but the all-time scoring leader in the NBA is total points? The I mean, one's a, a season record, which I think is different than, and that's well, more, but you're equalizing it for games missed and things like that. We're, we're, we're very much in the load management era. This, you know, the all-time scoring leader is more of a reflection of like longevity in the career and greatness combined than just one kind of thing. We, we do look at, you know, LeBron scoring all, you know, his per game record all time. He actually is behind Jordan in all of that, you know, but he's still also in like the top, like six top seven of all time in terms of points per game. So it's like, it's fine. I know it's totally fine. And I, I just, it's more to say, why don't we take, why don't we give the scoring title each year to the most total points? Like I, if we're okay, if we are going to, if there's a com- combating of the uh, load management era, why not just switch the points leader, the the scoring leader to total points, and that'll discourage people from sitting out games because you got to rack up the points. I don't think they'll care that much. I don't think some of those guys will care that much. Ah, if you make it incentives in the contract, you know, you never know. Give well, yeah, do that first, and then we can have that discussion. All right, all right, all right. All right. Just throwing, just throwing a little something. Go LeBron. Up. Just be happy tonight, John. I'm Congrats, LeBron. LeBron. Don't be the old guy all the time. I'm happy for LeBron. I just asked <laughs> a question. I'm just throwing it out there. I'm not. I'm not upset about LeBron. Good for him. There's going to be somebody. There's some kid who's like five years old right now that could find a way to, to be that next guy to, to break that record. It's it, it, who knows? I may never see the next scoring leader that LeBron's going to be the last scoring leader of my lifetime. So I think that's, that's for, for probably me too. And very many other people, I think yeah. is realistic. There's that's, so there's no way he plays Thursday, huh? Not, no, 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 none. He All missed, those people he who bought tickets. No way. Yeah, no, forget it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That ticket went from like the hottest ticket. Oh, that's going to be the guaranteed. This is where he breaks the record to. No one's going to want it. Like you're going to stuck. Somebody paid like ten thousand dollars for a ticket to that game, and he's not even going to play. He's not going to play, and it's no one's going to care. No one. 
Milwaukee's going to walk in there and just win by like 50. It right. would have been fun to see Giannis like try and prevent LeBron from getting the record when they were playing. I mean, that I'll would say be, that, that, that would have been kind of fun. That would have been fun. That would have been fun. Uh, all right. So much, much more on LeBron uh, is all across the network, uh, including on the Locked On uh, Cavs and Heat and Lakers feeds. There was a roundtable discussion on LeBron James, his longevity as a scoring leader. Uh, all that stuff, it's on it, it's on those feeds. Go listen to Locked On Lakers. To, and I'm sure Locked On Heat and Locked On Cavs will have something to say about that, that as well. Truly, honestly, congratulations to LeBron James. I mean, we're trying to have some fun with the podcast, but this is an incredible, incredible accomplishment. And the thing is, he's I I 100% believe he's going to get that thing to 40,000 and be the first player to ever score 40,000 points. And that's that's going to be why it's untouchable. It's going to be untouchable not because he did it and, and this is the end. It's going to be untouchable because he's probably got three, four more years left, and he still has points to throw out there. You know, I, Even Wilt, after he scored, after he set the record, he was into the, into the low 20s and teens uh, for his, his season averages. Uh, Kareem wasn't averaging a ton of points, but LeBron still kind of is. So that record's going to be into the 40,000 uh, for, for a while. So that, that's, that's going to be what's most impressive about all of this. Um, not impressive that we're going this late into the podcast. <laughs> uh, it's a special had, day. It's a special day. Uh, but we'll, it's a special day for Kyrie Irving as well, who uh, came to, you know, came to Dallas and, and said some things that I'm like, oh boy, here we go. Dallas fans are already probably groaning. We'll talk about that in just a second. First, today's show is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs. I now I grew up in a small business. I grew up as a uh, a, a part of uh, watching my dad try to hire people, and it's hard to do. I was also a hiring manager uh, at one point in my life. And I know that LinkedIn jobs would have helped me because the best part that they, what they do best is they give me a pool of candidates. Uh, they can quickly attract qualified candidates to an open job with targeting tools. They go beyond resume, resume data by using insights from your job post and company in their own 875 million member profiles to put your post in front of the most qualified candidates. This is like building a, a basketball team. You get all those candidates, you bring them in. And then you can screen and rate candidates based on your job qualifications, and it's all on one platform. You whittle it down. You make your cuts, and then you hire the person that you want. This is why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockdownNBA. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. The trade deadline right around the corner. By the time you're listening to this show, it's probably somewhere around 24 hours away. It's 3 o'clock Thursday afternoon. Well, at 2 o'clock on the NBA YouTube feed, probably what you're watching right now, I will be joined by Nick Angstead, Pat the Designer, and a bunch of the Locked On hosts, whatever a trade is made, we will all be talking about it. But starting at 2 o'clock, we'll, we'll be reacting to all of the things that have already happened. So check it out. It's on the Locked On NBA YouTube page. 
Jake, uh, Kyrie Irving showed up uh, in Dallas, ran through a practice, gave a post-game interview, and um, <laughs> 15 seconds into this one answer. This is the one that, that gets me. I, I'm just <laughs> – I think Dallas I think Dallas made a mistake. I, I think Dallas is, is just – this was a bad move. Uh, I think they're trying to cover up for, for prior mistakes, and, and this is just a bad bet. Uh, but uh, he was asked, uh, Kyrie was asked about LeBron and in not getting over to the Lakers. And he says, um, as much as the what ifs I would love to focus on and cherish and what could have been and what should be, I have to shift my focus to what we have going on here. That blows my mind. <laughs> It blows my mind that he would sit there and talk to Dallas reporters and say um, what I would love to focus on and cherish and what could have been and what should have been. He want he wants to be a Laker. He he doesn't want to be in Dallas. That he he's fine being in Dallas because he doesn't want to be in Brooklyn. But he what his choice was was to be a Laker, and he basically said so within 15 seconds of that answer. Yeah, that's not ideal, right? Like, it it was very clear that he wanted to be traded to the Lakers. A lot of the reporting we've heard after this says, like, keep an eye on him and the Lakers during this offseason, and it puts the Dallas Mavericks in a position where this might be basically a 30-game rental, and that's it. I still think that trade's probably worth it for them, to be perfectly honest. Who cares about a 2029 first-round pick? Dinwiddie and um, Dorian Finney-Smith, I'm not overly concerned about losing. You know, if he walks away, it clears they have about $25 million in cap space then to spend this summer. They can do something with that. But you've got to – look, it's high risk, high reward, right? Like that's Kyrie. And I think maybe they're feeling a little bit desperate, a little bit of the pressure with Luka Doncic there and getting him the right kind of help, trying to undo some mistakes they did before, obviously with some of the decisions made this summer with previous moves, even around Chris Stapp's Porzingis, right? So at least you kind of applaud them for trying something – but this one makes those type of comments one make you wonder if this is truly really going to work, right? Or is this just going to completely blow up? And like, yeah, cool, a a for effort, but you still failed the exam. Yeah, I'm. I'm I, I've seen Kyrie. I've seen Kyrie at work firsthand. I I was on the beat in Boston covering him. I, I think Kyrie is a fascinating guy. I really do. And there's so much about who he is personally that. I, I would love to, and no one's going to get close enough to do this, but I would love to just kind of find out what makes him tick because he is such a unique guy. Uh, throw the controversy uh, aside for a second. I think his uniqueness was what drives him down those rabbit holes that leads him to the controversy. But he he just, he called himself a savant in this interview. I've never heard a basketball player refer to himself as a savant. I don't think if you're a savant, you understand that you're a savant at that thing. I, you know, like he exists on a plane where he he feels he is above everybody else in the NBA. There are a few guys that are on his level, but he clearly feels like he is above other people. And he is above the coaches and he's above the front office guys. And when he comes in here and starts talking like he did right away in Dallas, it just shows you that he's not – what happened in, in, in Brooklyn, he's like, it's not my fault. I didn't yeah, deserve he, that. 
that's what was so interesting about that. And that's what would worry me the most if I were a Mavs fan is, you know, this is a guy who's like, I did everything I could. I led by example. This wasn't really on me what went wrong there. And it's like, well, you played 143 games in four seasons for Brooklyn, and that's it. And there were constant off-the-court distractions to the point where James Harden was like, you know, I'm bailing and yeah. just like, get get me out of here, right? The lack of self-awareness there makes me wonder if the first time he's upset playing with Luca and Luca has the ball in his hands too much and he's like, what's going on here, right? And it's Luca's team. Jason Kidd said that at the beginning of this press conference. You know, how's he going to react? You know, if they go on a five-game losing streak over these next 30 games, how is that going to go, right? If they flame out of the postseason, how's that? how's he going to respond to that? And I can't say that's going to be anything good. Right. Like there's no reason to kind of bank on that. You often get after these type of trades, kind of like best behavior from the new player, you know, trying to fit in and prove that like all that past stuff wasn't right about me and all of that. So I'm going to be on my best behavior. Kyrie's like, nah, that was never me in the first place, right? We saw with DeMarcus Cousins in New Orleans. He gets traded here, and he's like a model citizen until it starts to get a little bit rough, and he got injured, and those type of things come up. You don't, you're not even getting that with Kyrie. It wasn't like, I need to tone it down. I know I need to fit in. I need to kind of like do that. It's just like, man, I'm really good. And yeah. yeah, it's you get it. It's just... That doesn't bode well for the future, and it also speaks to the desperation that the Dallas Mavericks were feeling. Yep, yep. Uh, I, and look, the guys yesterday talked about it, so I'm not going to go down that road too, too much more. Um, we'll see. We'll see. I'm sure Kyrie will have his moments and, and be on the court. He can be great. We all know what he can be. The comments there where he, he basically was like, uh, it's not my fault, uh, and then saying stuff like, Oh yeah, I mean going to going to New York and the media capital of the world and they were saying all kinds of things. Buddy, you chose to go to New York. You knew the media there. You you call Brooklyn home. Like you you chose all that. You knew what you were getting into. And he then he continues to blame other people. It's just never his fault. It's never his fault. And I just don't know the, the guys yesterday were talking about a, a worst case scenario would be uh, Dallas playing really, really well, getting deep into the playoffs and then having feeling like, oh, they could commit to Kyrie and then everything's going to fall apart, which I think is the worst case scenario. But I, I don't even know if they're going to get to that point because I've seen Kyrie when he's not fully engaged and, and it's bad. It can be bad. They can get into that first round. If he's not happy, then that's gonna, he's going to basically disappear and the, it's going to be a big, quick, just – a meteorite hitting Dallas and it won't be, it won't be pretty. Meanwhile. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, you know, what's awesome though. Cam, Cam Thomas. Thomas. Cam. Yeah. Oh, we just did that at the same time. That was so cool. Yeah. Uh, we both <laughs> transitioned to Cam Thomas who 47 points against the uh, LA Clippers. It's in a loss, but another 40 point game. Uh, he's now the youngest player to have three 40 point games. He had, he came into the season with zero, and now he's got three in a row. Uh, you think that Cam Thomas could be playing himself into a role on Brooklyn or being traded? Why don't I, I, let's answer that question next? That's a tease. That was 
<laughs> and I just cut Jake off. Oh man, I'm just so thrown by the the LeBron stuff that I'm just I'm, I'm my 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 whole uh, thing is off. I'm off. I'm off tonight. I wouldn't have scored 36 points, but I can tell you what I'm going to go download that FanDuel app because I know that's the only app I need for my Super Bowl party. It's America's number one sports book. We're excited because obviously. Locked On is the number one podcast network in America. You want to be partnered with the number one sports book in America. And if you're new to, to, to FanDuel, perfect. You're actually in a good spot because they've got a ton of great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download FanDuel now. You can bet on Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel. Let's you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads. Who will score a touchdown? I love the prop bets. I think those are a lot of fun. FanDuel Sportsbook is safe. It's secure. It's super easy to use. Best of all, you get paid your winnings instantly. That's how fast you want your money instantly. They'll give it to you that fast. Join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet. That's how you got to do it. It's your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57 at fanduel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Please gamble responsibly. Jake, I'm, I swear I'm going to let you talk this time. No, it's I okay. Swear. I'm good. Uh, so Cam Thomas has, you know, when he was drafted, he was he was known as a scorer. He There was always... I don't think him scoring was ever the 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 issue. To to have him score this much with this much opportunity raises an, an incredible question for the Brooklyn Nets, who are trying to build a winner around Kevin Durant. They want to keep Kevin Durant. How do you keep Kevin Durant? Is it by keeping Cam Thomas and saying, "Hey, here's your guy. Here's look at what we have right here, ready to roll with you as your your number two." Or do you package Cam Thomas? Do you, do, do you think the Raptors can look at Cam Thomas and say, hey, man, we love that scoring ability. If you want Ananobi and you come up with the right package, Cam Thomas can actually be at the center of a piece that gets you Ananobi. And I think your Ananobi, Dorian Finney-Smith, Kevin Durant kind of pairing, I mean, you're, you're adding a bunch of defense and some decent scoring there and a guy that you can trust. I don't know. You think you think Toronto would would budge on an, on a deal like that? And you think would you you think uh, Brooklyn would offer that? You mean like right up before this trade deadline, like yeah, before right Thursday? Now. Okay, right now here's so, here's Ian Thomas playing his way okay. into trade value right now before our eyes. Is this a real or fake? Yeah, real or fake? Let's do it. Yeah, we do this every every uh, Wednesday. Real or fake? Let's let's do it. Uh, see, I told you, my I'm off today. It, I don't know look, I'm there with you. I was at the Pels game earlier. The LeBron thing's like so cool that I'm kind of like amped up from yeah, that. I'm still, amped. like I'm to amped. be perfectly honest, like I want to know. Like, I can't wait to listen to Locked On Lakers. To be perfectly honest, yeah, to like man. go her more. So real okay, or real, fake. Cam Thomas, real or fake Cam Thomas, basically, right yeah. Now. It's it's fake. It's very very fake. 
there's a couple of reasons for this. I actually really like Cam Thomas. I watched him play at LSU being here in Louisiana, right? Like this dude is all gas and no breaks. Dude's a bucket getter, zero defense whatsoever. First and foremost, that's probably not the type of guy that I think that Toronto really wants. I think they clearly like defense and defensive versatility. And Cam Thomas is not giving you that really fun story. I've enjoyed these three straight 40 point games. The other thing is, you, you might be able to like confuse and, and pull a trick on a couple of GMs throughout the league and be like, look at this dude, three straight games of 40. You got to yeah. get him now, right? You're not pulling that on Masai Ujiri. He's not going to change his rating of a player and how he values a player based on three kind of not weird fluke games necessarily because like Cam Thomas can score. He had, 20, he had uh, 10, 20 or more point games as a rookie last year. But let's not all of a sudden go from this guy who's not worth a first round pick to now is very much worth a first round pick or OG Ananobi, who I think is overrated a little bit. But you get what I mean. Three, It's going to take a larger sample size to really convince most GMs around the league. Now, if the Lakers want to give something up, they're so desperate, they might look at that and go, okay, let's definitely do that. So, I don't know, maybe a guard does get traded from the Nets to the Lakers, but <laughs> see what I did there. But no, I like I, that. I like that. that was good. Um, no, I don't think so. Like, I think he's fun. I think Brooklyn should look into trading him and trying to kind of capitalize on that, unless you think he's a long-term piece that you can use to keep Kevin Durant. But look, let's be honest, he likely isn't. No, I, I I just feel like Toronto has had so much trouble scoring in the half court that they might sit there and say, you know what, we they banked on positional versatility to come into the season, and it hasn't gotten them very far. And it's it's I shouldn't say that that's the only reason, but roster construction didn't do them any favors this year, so. They might say, look, we'll, if OG wants a bigger role and if the Nets value OG as a guy that can come in and be a defender and a scorer that can, can really thrive playing next to Kevin Durant, they could say, Toronto can say, a young player that's still raw and very much just will come down and just shoot, shoot, shoot we can mold him with the guys that we have in this culture that we have, we can mold him into a little bit more than what he is right now, but the potential, the scoring potential, the obvious, like, and it's not just these 40 point games. It is the rookie season. Of course it is the other stuff. I just want, but, but the 40 point games really put an exclamation point on this. I think I think Toronto has to think long and hard about if they're if they're making a move, you can do worse than getting a, a potent scorer like that as a centerpiece or as a a piece. I shouldn't say centerpiece, but as a piece that that can help your team. Well, like one of the weak spots in the team, like I said, half court half court scoring. He he can at least create for himself, which is something Toronto is lacking. You no, know, that's huge, right? Like a bucket getter like that, you can still find a spot for those kind of guys. And this is the time of year where we're always wondering, like, are they playing this guy like a lot of minutes and giving him the ball and giving him a high usage rate to kind of showcase himself? And there is that to a little degree. And if you're doing that with Cam Thomas, my, you know, like that dude has passed the test, right? You see yeah, yeah. this and it's like, oh, 
Wow. You know, if he was out there going 25, 25, 30, it's one thing, right? But to do 40, 40, 40, even though that is occurring regularly in the NBA this season, it's like, oh, oh, wait, like you don't necessarily do that as a fluke per se. So I do think that this has really raised his value and there's probably teams have called the Brooklyn Nets over him, um, whereas that probably wasn't happening just a week ago or so for a guy like this. So Mm -hmm. I definitely think that, you know, you can build enough other trade around him and if you could get someone who's interested in that the Brooklyn Nets need to bite on that immediately and take advantage while his while his value is probably at an all-time high yeah um they're not biting on anything for Kevin Durant Kevin Durant does not seem to be going anywhere there's no traction to any of those people there the reporting has always been Kevin Durant uh they're, they're getting calls about Kevin Durant they <laughs> when Kyrie Irving uh decided that he Put out his trade request it basically created a dating profile and people were hitting yeah. him up asking him if his friend was single like that's what that that that's how that went um so durant is gonna probably stay a net um and, and especially at this point with no there's no smoke to anything and and there would be if it was kevin if kevin durant was really available so that means uh the team i cover the boston celtics there's no jalen brown going to Brooklyn. That that was never, sorry, Stephen A. Smith, that was never going to happen. Uh, I know teams are calling around the Celtics for Grant Williams. I don't think Grant Williams gets traded from the Celtics. Uh, I know that the rumors are out there. I think the Celtics are taking calls, but I think they're taking calls in a way that canvases the league, basically just to gauge the interest for Grant Williams because he's a restricted free agent. So there's no... There's there's no real need for the Celtics to trade him now. They're going to see what the what the league really thinks of him as they call and ask. Uh, but I think the Celtics are going to keep him. They're probably going to re-sign him o- over the course of uh, over the summer, and then they can revisit a trade for Grant Williams later on down the road. So I think Grant Williams is out. I don't think anybody in the Celtics gets moved except for like end of the bench kind of stuff where the Celtics can try to uh, add to their depth. So. The Celtics' major players are out. Uh, other big names, at least a recognizable name, James Wiseman from uh, the uh, Golden State Warriors, who makes $9.6 million a year. The Warriors are looking to dump him so they can save $131 million. Jake, it's wild. It's wild. $131 million. That, that's how deep in the tax. You know how deep in the tax you have to be for $9.6 million? to be taxed at $131 million. It is incredible the payroll that is being laid out by the Warriors. That should be the easiest trade in the history of the NBA for the Warriors to decide we don't want this guy anymore. He hasn't been good. You know, like there's been no reason to keep him. If it's going to save you that much money, and they can afford that. They don't have to move him, but there's no reason to keep him, it feels like, at that. That's just one of these trades that you'll see it get done, and it's just going to be like a footnote in one of the weirder trades in NBA history because of the money that the Warriors are saving. Yeah, I mean... I, I I hate making this because I'm tr- like I'm trying to make a pun with you know the Chase Center being an ATM. I'm not. It's basically they print money over there with with the Warriors, so you can uh, you can afford. It's amazing that they can afford to basically pay 131 million dollars for a Wiseman, but no rich guy wants to pay that much money for for a player. So so he's out. Uh, I don't know, Jake. I'm not seeing any other big big things happening right now. 
we we got past the big surprise, right? There's almost right. always one, and that was the Kyrie Irving thing. I don't think Kevin Durant's getting moved, though. There was like a two-hour period where it looked like they were trying to clear roster spots on the Nets, and that like kind of sent off some spidey sense. But no, I don't think he's getting moved. It's going to be kind of the usual suspects, the teams that we've really wondered about, right? It's really what does Toronto do, and then what does Utah decide to do? And it feels like Utah will eventually make a move. There's far more buyers than sellers. Utah should be able to get a pretty good return on some of the guys they have. Malik Beasley, Jared Vanderbilt, Mike Conley, uh, Kelly Olenek is in there too. I think any of those four could be found, could find new homes and they would be a useful player, particularly if you could package two of them together. You know, you also have Boyan Bogdanovich from the Detroit Pistons that doesn't fit their timeline. Like those are like the, the names, the players that I kind of like expect to really see move. But I think we're kind of past the point of surprises and you know the the parody there right like the the play-in tournament is a big success keeping teams in the hunt trying to get in the postseason that way and not just outright tanking at this point in the season which is a wonderful thing to see but i think you know if you need an off the bench score beasley's a great fit same for bogdanovich yep. though he's been more of a starter for them either of those two guys would work right if you want to upgrade this at the center spot which maybe the celtics do Jakob purtle makes sense if you're willing to pay him after this season Season, but I think he's somewhat limited, but he's a decent enough two-way big. Like those are the type of guys that you get one of them. It's a solid move, but not sexy in any way, but it's going to upgrade your team. Yeah, there there are definitely definitely names that are out there. I, I don't know that Pertle moves. I really don't think that he moves. I don't think the Celtics make that move. Not uh, if they want two first-round picks for him. And yeah. He's looking for 20-plus million, which – maybe he's a good two-way center, but how much do you actually want to pay a non-three-point shooting center? And I don't no. know if I want to pay $20 million. No, definitely not. Definitely not. And I, I, I'm sure that as the cap spikes, the, the numbers yeah, it's will gonna go up, but we're not there yet. Yeah, but it's still, I'm still not there on, uh, on Pirtle. I'm, I'm just not, I'm just not. So Nice, nice player, but um, the Celtics shouldn't and won't trade for Jakob Pertl. So, uh, yeah, watching watching Utah, watching Toronto, those are going to probably be the two most active teams. You think Russ gets moved from the Lakers at all? I, I just, at this point, probably not. Probably right. not. It feels like the ship sailed a little bit there. Like, who are they yeah. moving to like he might go to say Utah in exchange for Beasley Vanderbilt something else and two first round picks then Westbrook gets bought out there and ends up on another team where that is I don't know but if it feels like the, the Westbrook picks then maybe just to kind of dump him maybe maybe but I'm not I'm not first of all I'm not so sure that that's going to be enough for Danny Ainge uh, second of all, Danny Ainge, former Celtic. I don't know if he's going to be too anxious to help the, uh, Lakers in a move like that. So, but I, I don't, I just don't see, I just don't see a, a move for Westbrook. I thought Westbrook moves in a Kyrie deal and that's, that's it. But I don't know. I really, I can't read this trade deadline this year because the, the, the market's out of whack. And if, if somebody comes down on their asking price, then, then yeah, they can trigger some moves and, but the asking prices seem to be incredibly high. So no, I, I like, well, uh, 
uh, Ananobi's not worth three first-round picks and no. a good young player whatsoever. The market definitely got screwed up from this past offseason with the Gobert trade and various things like that. And it seems like Toronto doesn't want to outright tank. You also have to wonder if teams like the Phoenix Suns, who've been anxious to maybe make a deal, are like, hold on, we can get Kevin Durant this offseason. Not right now. Let's wait. So we're not going to do anything right now. Could be the same for Toronto as well. Yeah, I think I think the offseason, I think July might be super busy. I, I'm I'm not anticipating a ton with this trade deadline. But we'll see. I mean, that's the beauty of this trade deadline. Rumors abound, and we don't know who's going to actually pull the trigger. Uh, our team's going to be conservative. Our team's going to be kind of willing to to pay up the asking prices. You know, we'll see. Uh, I think we're done here, Jake. I think we're, de- we're done. If anybody wants to get more on the games that we uh, had on Tuesday night, uh, LeBron wasn't the only game in town. The Nuggets, Grizzlies, Pelicans, your Pelicans, uh, Suns and Knicks all won. If you want to go to Locked On Game to Game right here in the Locked On NBA feed, you get the both sides of the story uh, on that. Uh, but for now, we are your regular Wednesday hosts. I'm John Corrales, host of the Locked On Celtics podcast, John underscore Corrales on Twitter. And I'm Jake Madison, host of the Locked On Pelicans podcast on Twitter. It's at Nola Jake. Nick Van... Nick, Nick Van, Nick, Van, I was going to give his, his Twitter, Nick Angstead, Pat, the designer tomorrow on lockdown NBA, those two and me on the special, uh, trade deadline special Thursday, starting at two o'clock right here in the lockdown NBA feed. So subscribe everywhere you get your podcast, make sure you're subscribed to everything on the YouTube page, share the podcast, tell your friends and family that they should be listening to and watching the lockdown NBA podcast right here on the lockdown podcast network. Your team every day.